0: It's time for another Tucson Means Business, where you get to meet the best Tucson entrepreneurs and those leaders in the community with a story to tell. Tucson Means Business. And now your host, Mark Bishop. Yes, and here we go again for another Tucson Means Business. I'll be looking forward to this show because it's our inaugural sponsorship of a wonderful local sponsor here in Tucson. And I'm referring to the 49ers Golf and Country Club. And what a beautiful club it is. It's come back from the dead. It's a phoenix, as they say. But uh, you should see it. If you ever get a chance and you're visiting here to Tucson, or if you're local and you haven't, get out there. Lovely Rincon room and grill and everything else that is out there to make a beautiful family club. So thank you, 49ers. We really appreciate it. My special guest today in Tucson Means Business is a gentleman by the name of Alok Apadure. Alok is a business coach. He's a public speaker, a workshop leader, and on a mission to end financial fear in families. Hmm. Now, you do this, Alok, by helping parent entrepreneurs acquire clients, close deals, and increase revenue so that they provide their families... And have a legacy that matters. So, welcome to Tucson Means Business. Mark, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to finding out in depth how you do what you do. It sounds like a mouthful, to be honest with you. Jeff Hatfield. Hi, Jeff. Hey, thank you. Jeff is branch manager here in Tucson of AAA Landscape. They've been around since Methuselah, haven't they, mate?
1: Uh, 44 years this
0: year. That's a long time. Uh, Jeff Hatfield is the Tucson branch manager for AAA Landscape. That company's been around for a while in Tucson, and it's got an interesting history how it all started. And he, in turn, is, uh, well, he's the AAA's Landscape's executive committee. He's on that. We're going to find out what that's about as well. But overall, where's it going these days? I mean, you're hearing a lot of things about real estate that are a little different to what we're used to. And what about commercial? Where does landscaping come into it all? And how is it doing any good for Tucson at all, whatsoever? Beautifying or wrecking? We've got to find that out. Zachary Bickle. Zachary is a research director. Strong Point Opinion Research is the name of the company. He earned his uh, BS, you know what that is, don't you, in business economics from the University of Louisville, uh, Kentucky, and his MS in resource economics from the University of Arizona, Bear Down. Uh, he's also married to University of Arizona researcher Ashley Bickle. Welcome along, Zach. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> Strong Point Opinion Research. Interesting. Large data, perceptions, mapping, all sorts of stuff, huh? Yeah, as much as we can. All right. We're going to come back on that. We're going to kick off the show today with uh, Alug. You're no stranger to helping people, Alug, um, uh, The former founder of Fed by Threads. It's a Tucson-based clothing company that fed over half a million meals to Americans in need. Now, what was the connection from clothing to food? It was an idea that we
2: started long ago that we wanted to sell clothes and connect with the food banks here in Tucson and across the United States to help people in need. So, we fed 12 meals uh, through food banks nationwide from every garment that we sold. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, uh, you are to be commended for that. Did you think of that idea? It was. My my son's mother and I, Jade Beal, we came up with the idea when we got a letter from the Community Food Bank that rocked us about hunger across the United States. It's unbelievable, isn't it, the statistics? It's pretty sad, really.
0: It was about 45 million Americans <laughs> face food insecurity. One of the richest countries in the world. It was quite surprising. And uh, beautiful cars, boats, God knows what else, and then there's that going on. And in our hometown, too, huh? Uh, it, right here in Tucson and in every county in the United States. Unbelievable. Now, your contribution uh, to society has been busy. Look, you've been, uh, you've given a TEDx talk. You've been nominated for the Gifted Citizen Award. I was a panelist at the Social Enterprise Summit in Phoenix, Arizona. And you've been, when you found some time, you've built three companies. (laughs) Is that right? In my career, that that is correct. Yeah, unbelievable. And a proud father to his son, Sequoia. That's my been my,
2: my biggest accomplishment for humanity, I think, since. <laughs> Lovely. And your girlfriend, uh, Caitlin. Uh, tell me, please, what is the Gifted Citizen Award? Sure, the Gifted Citizen, and and to be clear, I, I was nominated, didn't win, but the honor of just being nominated is actually one of my my biggest accomplishments. Yeah. It's a global award. Good on you, I, uh, It's a global award that, that it recognizes our... Uh, uh, what we've given to society—it's based out of Mexico City, and um, it really just—it's for people that have made major contributions in social impact to attempt to alleviate either hunger, education, health, uh, and various other forms of of inequality
0: and beyond. Now, I also mentioned in that paragraph that you were a panelist on the Social Enterprise Summit. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd share that with us. That was that was so
2: fun. That was an event up in Phoenix, and the keynote speaker was one of the founders of Patagonia, the clothing company. And so, for me, particularly given my my interest in um, the the fashion space and the role that clothing plays in in our world, it was an honor to be involved with that. So, the Social Enterprise Summit was a uh, summit that inform people in the Arizona region about how business can be a vehicle of social change and how business can uplift people's lives so that's been my entire career has been using business to make a positive impact so it was a real oh, honor to be here. You're
0: there. ahead of the game. We have a very popular uh, podcast on the BRX network uh, here in Tucson uh, with my um, my clients being uh, conscious capitalism. Wonderful. And they are gathering enormous momentum at the moment in what they're doing and I think you were ahead before them. I think you are ahead of the game. Well, <laughs> there's been a long history of this. I'm merely one participant in, in that. I know. Uh, it's unbelievable. Our second guest is Jeff Hatfield, I introduced you before. He's the uh, regional branch manager in Tucson for um, AAA Landscaping. So do tell me, what is AAA's Landscapes Executive Committee all about, Jeff, and who's in that?
1: Well, I appreciate getting to follow you after, uh, <laughs> after all that. So. Uh, well, the executive committee, we, we meet once a month. It's uh, the CEO, CFO, vice president, president, director, uh, chief director of operations, and the branch manager uh, out of uh, Texas and, and Tucson. And uh, we, we meet monthly and, and you know, uh, look at the health of the company. Um, you know address concerns Uh, usually all of our number one concerns are what's going on with our employees Mm. Um, so that's basically what the executive committee is and and then we we also each executive uh, committee member is uh, a part of a strategic uh, planning focus group
0: and what about um, safety and water elimination workforce development does all that stuff also come into that
1: yeah absolutely you know we uh, that's one of the things about the uh, industry is uh, you know, you have a stigma that, uh, you know, we're out there digging trenches every day. And, and mm. we have a wide variety of, yeah. uh, of careers. Um, so it, it can be anywhere from safety to water managers, uh, agronomists. Uh, you know, there's a whole variety of uh, uh, career paths uh, in, in the landscape industry.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Now, I- is Arizona uh, certified landscape professional this is you jeff is in arizona certified landscape professional has a certification in sustainable landscape management and is certified by the arizona department of agriculture uh, the office of pest management and he's a graduate of the greater tucson leadership class of 2018 boy oh that sounds heavy mate so let's start from the beginning how important is it to be certified uh, to be a landscape.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we put a lot of focus on our on our education um, because uh, you know there are certain ways to do things and there's certain way not to do things. You mm-hmm. know, for, for plant health and and uh, maturity. And so, uh, as far as the certification for a landscape professional in Arizona, um, it's it's a it's a ten month course. It's got ten different subjects. It can go from irrigation to tree, tree pruning, planting, um, uh, sod laying, annuals. Um, So there's a 10 month course, there's a class every month uh, and then you take a test. And, you know, back in the day when I did it, we had to go out in the field and actually lay sod and uh, plant trees. These days, they, they take a class and then it's an online test. That's it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of mentoring that has to go on with uh, some of us guys have been around for a while to, right. to teach these guys, uh, you know, uh, how to actually get your hands in the ground and make it happen.
0: Well, I think the certification is important. You can't have every Tom, Dick and Harry standing up saying, I can be a landscaper, right? <laughs> That's right. Mind Absolutely. you, they do, right? Yeah, yeah. go. <laughs> this, this is what you're up against in the industry.
1: Well, that's right. You know, that's why we, 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 uh, uh, we, we focus on not only educating our own people, um, but our, our uh, clients and the public on uh, proper pruning techniques and, you know, when to do things and what not to do things. And the sustainability side is big, you know, using the, using native plants, uh, low, low water use, right. low maintenance. That's
0: become a big thing now, is yes, not it? Sir. I think people are more alert and aware than they've ever been before in reference to uh, plants in Arizona. And I, for one, I mean, I, I came here allergy free. And uh, I'm not one of these people that had to come to Tucson to get well, which a lot of people do from around the world because of the weather. Yep. And now I'm one of the worst there are with allergies, so much so that I go through enormous pains every year. And uh, the the sinuses kill me. And, you know, it affects the body. It affects my golf. And then I get really upset.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. Absolutely. Can't affect a golf game. (laughs) No.
0: You have a five-year-old and you like a bit of golf, don't you?
1: I do. I do. Every chance I get, you know, I'll get out there and we're, we're starting to get her along out there with us and uh um you know she, you know she'll, she'll put around on the green but that's about it right now but uh you know we're trying to get her involved and and uh, my wife and i both are avid golfers so that's good yeah
0: that's good okay zachary bickle uh he's a research director strong point opinion research based in tucson yep and he earned his uh, bs in business economics from the university of louisville when did you move out to here yeah.
3: So I moved out here in 2013 to pursue my master's, as you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. and um, finished the degree program, uh, actually got connected to StrongPoint through uh, the department head at the university. And uh, got the career, now I got the wife, and uh, uh-huh. now I'm here to stay. Hey! <laughs> but you don't play golf, right? No, no.
0: What's your toy thing?
3: Tell me. Um, actually, uh, hunting. Hunting and fishing. <laughs> oh,
0: and a bit of fishing, uh, right?
3: Yeah, going outdoors. The fishing's not that great out here, though.
0: <laughs> well, the fish ain't that great yeah, out well. here. You know, you gotta, from large data sets to perceptions mapping... Research director, Zach Bickel. he helps his clients understand the story behind the numbers. So apparently, Zach, you do this by creating a research plan, a clear path for your clients to identify and understand what motivates people to purchase a product or service. Right now, you keep their membership with an organization or vote in an upcoming election. You know, people do all these things, and it's up to you to find out where, who, and why, right?
3: Yeah, um... Really, the main thing that I want to do is I want to try and inform strategic decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the primary thing, and you know we've got a slogan at StrongPoint: is the best decisions are informed decisions, because I think that it's easy for especially professionals that are maybe a little bit entrenched in the business world and they think that they, you know, know how things are. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the time in which you really need to be asking hard questions when you're sure of what's happening. So we I write surveys, uh, we conduct focus groups, um, we do product testing, we go out, do uh, collect intercept surveys, um, Any way that we can collect information that we can aggregate into a report that helps that tr- strategic decision making.
0: So your clients range from where exactly?
3: Uh, pretty much anywhere. So we have worked with a lot of local nonprofits because, as everyone knows, Tucson is the land of nonprofits. Um, we've worked with educational institutions, financial institutions. It
0: sounds funny, doesn't it? The land of nonprofits. Uh, yeah, it's... It's only uh, 3,500.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it, it leads to an interesting dynamic because... There's competition for resources in the nonprofit world here in Tucson that I don't think there really is in, in many other major metros. What, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I think that there's only so much money, philanthropic pool of money available for these nonprofits to utilize.
0: I'm amazed every year where the, where the heck they get their dough from. Exactly. How they keep going.
3: Yeah, and so it's really important for even nonprofits, small ones, uh, to make informed decisions so that they can kind of – Uh, make sure that they're most effectively serving their goals and then also um, most effectively competing within that resource pool.
0: Okay. So that's where you come into there. So, well, in fact, when I was doing my research on you, mm-hmm. uh, you've won elections, mm-hmm. successfully launched new products, mm-hmm. helped communities structure services and infrastructure investments mm-hmm. for their residents. Yeah. And can you give us a better example of what we're talking about here?
3: So one of the things that we've done uh, not too long ago, uh, we do the citizen survey for the uh, town of and so, the town of Sarita, they communicate with their citizens in a random mail survey. Um, they want to know, you know, how's the quality of life, how are the, how's the safety, how are the services provided by the municipality, and then where are opportunities for investment. You know, as you might know, you know, that area of town is exploding. You can get a lot of house for not very much uh, money, at, at least compared to central Tucson. And they're trying to make it so that people don't feel isolated in Sarita or Vale or, you know, even up in Marana. Mm-hmm. And so they want to make sure that they're building a community that people don't feel like they have to leave to get the kind of things that they can get in central okay, Tucson.
0: Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty important then. Uh, I would gather here, Zach, that the right questions are uh, asked in the right way uh being that the clients guide if you will making the information collected it's got to be reliable it's got to be valid yeah yeah but you know you must have a bit of a challenge sometimes getting to the meat of what you're really trying to ask
3: and that's really uh our number one goal in communicating with the client is because we are a small firm uh we're able to treat each of our clients like really valuable partnerships you know, we're not going to tell you this is the way that we do this specific type of survey. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, we're, we're having that conversation and we're saying, you know, what do you guys want to learn from this? You know, what is the thing that you need to make the best decision possible? And then we make sure that we're only collecting that and nothing more because people get very annoyed if you give them too long of a survey.
0: Okay. Now, Tucson means business for you here locally. But You've got the rest of America, wouldn't you have as a target?
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: So aren't there all sorts of companies wanting to find out about Tucson?
3: Uh, There are. And um, we actually have another location up in Delaware, another office up in Delaware. And we've also done work um, in North Carolina and in Texas and in Washington. And, you know, I think we're trying to show that uh, Southern Arizona can compete with anybody. And that's part of the reason why we try and offer high quality products at um, maybe small guy prices. Mm. And so that's, I think, something that we're really trying to put out there yeah. of real value. That's the
0: good because let's face it, we live here, we know the talk, we understand when people say, well, you know, you're Tucson, you're, yeah. you're up against the big boys yeah. up there, the road. You know what? We've got some pretty talented people in this city.
3: Well, you know, I uh, appreciate having the opportunity to come here and maybe talk a little bit about how awesome we are, but to learn about how awesome everyone else is as well. Yeah. So well. Thank you for the time.
0: Well, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. That's what we're about, amplifying the voice of business in Tucson. You've built three businesses. I love my friend. You've got to, uh, you've got to share what they were uh, what gave you the idea and how did you have the impetus to make them work
2: sure my first company was a clean energy company in my 20s looking at garbage and conversion of garbage into electricity and fuel hmm. from there launched fed by threads uh, the ethical fashion company that fed meals and then alongside that I launched a global media platform for women to reshape Body Image and Mass Media for Women Worldwide that also came with a book project. Um,
0: and that was that was a really touching, touching experience. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, man, challenging, I would imagine. Let's go into depth with that one a little bit, because, you know, you've got to be careful along those lines, right? Um, sure. It's a touch-and-go topic. Sure, yeah. My, my
2: son's mother is a global photographer of women, and so I was the project backbone behind the book. So she got to front it. Okay. And uh, I was the muscle behind the scenes to <laughs> you know, deal with, you know fundraising and and all right. the pieces of the puzzle that actually bring the project to life. How did you? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. How did you go about your own fundraising in those days? Well, in those days we were we actually crowdsourced uh, the book and and we had a massive book that went viral. Uh, and in, what's uh, that one called? That that book was called um, the Bodies of Mothers. Actually, the Bodies of Mothers. Yep. Okay, and can we still out on Amazon or something? It, you know, amazingly, it's actually sold out and it's now sold for. I don't know, one to $200 a book. Or really? On the secondary market. It's, it's a really wild experience and it uh, got covered by the, the the Today Show and numerous other media platforms around the world. And it's one of the most, most amazing experiences and really informed a lot of what I'm doing today.
0: Okay, that's interesting, which we're going to get onto well and Well, let's start on that. Your current business, it, it seems like quite a challenge. Uh, you provide sales and client acquisition coaching for parent entrepreneurs. All right. Now, when I first looked at that, I thought, "All right, we're talking about married couples who want to do a business, a startup, and they're little entrepreneurs, but they need all this other training."
2: So my clients range. Is it as simple as that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, so my clients range from CEOs of eight-figure companies all the way down to wow. solo entrepreneurs like Lindsey Tomei, who runs Tomei Advertising here in Tucson who runs a six-figure business already. And so, uh, they don't have to necessarily be parent entrepreneurs together, uh, but they tend to have the trifecta, right, where they're both trying to be extraordinary parents, they're trying to be extraordinary entrepreneurs, and they're trying to be extraordinary spouses. And that, i got to tell you, you know, it's different than when I was in my 20s. Right. uh, And you're just sort of looking to run a business. When you're trying to do all three of those things well, it really is a
0: really specific piece. Big challenge. You know, this (laughs) business about working at home with a home office and all of this when you're bringing up little ones. Uh, It can be very, very hard. So you want to scale their businesses. Uh, You utilize your skills of coaching and business marketing. Uh, But you're, you're really, from what you're saying, you're touching on home life. You're touching on a total balance. Right
2: of management, yeah. The front door shingle tends to be that they've got a client acquisition and a revenue problem, right? They're like, <laughs> we're at one hundred fifty thousand, but we'd like to be at three hundred thousand, or we're at a million and we'd like to be at two million, or we're at fifteen million and we'd like to be at twenty-five million, right? But actually, when I look under the hood, there tends to be many other challenges that we end up talking about. Um, so yeah, we can get into tactics and strategies, but usually it's the way they're thinking. So we do mindset, mm-hmm. sales, and, and client acquisition, but it's really. Half the time we're talking about their marriage. Right? I was going to say, do you ever go down that road at all? It does, right? It's not a requirement. No. But generally, as we actually get into it, we find that because their home life is is not fully aligned, their business tends to be mm-hmm. f- facing certain stresses as well. Um, well, so, well, it would be, So it, I call it the 10 life. I really want yeah. them to be pursuing a 10 life across all aspects. So okay. even though they come to me about business... I want them to be end being a phenomenal parent, a phenomenal business person, and a phenomenal spouse.
0: How about that? You, you guys are welcome to intervene. Pop in anytime you want, you know.
3: Yeah, so as a young guy that doesn't quite yet have a family built, right. but is, you know, hoping to get to that point, it's kind of an interesting question I have is – Do you want them to blur those lines more between the roles or do you want them to silo them more and then focus on specific aspects of each? Fantastic. Um,
2: I just recently signed up a client uh, who is an aspiring father, right? He's got a great girlfriend and he's not yet a parent. And he said, You know, will you take me on as a client? And and he runs a major uh, visual media company on the West Coast. And I said, Absolutely, because you know that you have the hunger to be able to provide for a family down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, it's not blurring the lines. It's actually acknowledging that many entrepreneurs, when they get into the zone of being a parent, a spouse, and an entrepreneur, there's the understanding or the thought, do I have to have a, give something up? Do I have to sacrifice? Right, yeah. I don't know if you've give experienced that. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a total balance, right? I mean, yeah, you're like, yeah, it's
1: an absolute balance. I mean,
2: <laughs> which part of you struggled with at all? Like being a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur, do you have to like juggle?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I think the, the, the father part was, uh, you know, uh, yeah. was, was the toughest <laughs> part for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, let's be real, right? Yeah. There's like before you became a father, then after. Yeah, night and day. Um, so it's not, I wouldn't say it's a blurring. I think it's actually like an acknowledgement of the challenges that each, because especially as men, like, you know, we're not given a lot of space to say what's difficult, at least I, in my experience yeah. um, when it comes. So it's like, how do you juggle being that, like, do you sacrifice time? Do you miss the kids' school event? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do all three well? And I think right now, the notion I think a lot of people sort of have the idea well, I'll kind of maybe sacrifice my family a little bit here and there.
3: Yeah, maybe not show up to t-ball practice. Miss, or Miss
2: t-ball, so, yeah. you know, kid will, you know, forgive me later. I mean, my sons had to see me on client calls, and I'm like, mm. your dad's gonna have to hustle, man. Like this is, yeah. this is how dad puts dinner on the table.
0: Yeah, well, the writers in Hollywood, uh, they're on the button, aren't they, when they write shows that depict all of this, you know? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite ones. I uh, favorite ones I even get the name like us or something like us. Um, is it This Is Us? This Is Us. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, you're a beautiful show. <laughs> it really is. But it is. depicts everything that, you know, Luke is talking about here. It's uh, unbelievable. Now, Jeffrey, you touched on being a father, and a young one, really, only a five-year-old. Yep. Um, you do community work. Uh, works in the community to help develop a workforce for trade industries. So what does your community work entail?
1: Well, I would say that the uh, first point would be to... Uh, to really mentor our existing uh, workforce. Um, it, it's awful difficult uh, in an entry level position to start work here in uh, June, July. So right. it, it becomes difficult to hire and we have a, a, a relatively unsavory turnover at that position. So um, one of the things is, is a mentoring and training our existing employees. Um, and, you, and you do
0: that when, during the summer?
1: Well, we just do that all the time. Okay. You know, it's uh, learning the trade and um, you know how to how to work in the heat but it's awful difficult to hire in the summer and um, so uh, I would say number one is, is uh, um, taking care of our existing employees building that bench strength within our within our company and our branch um, some of the things that we've done in the community you know we, we go to career days for schools mm-hmm, uh, elementary mm-hmm. schools uh, high schools um, was involved with uh, working with Pima Community College uh, on their uh, development of their centers of excellence um, on uh, you know having a, a trade skill as far as landscaping um, equipment operators that sort of thing um, that, that's
2: uh, a real big shift that's happening now like younger generations moving more towards that trade school to
1: yeah and I guess, that. yeah I guess you know the way I look at it is uh, you know there's not everybody's set for four years of school or coming mm-hmm. out or college coming out of high school yeah um, and so how do you how do you get in front of these kids yeah. and talk about a yeah. trade and, uh, you know, something that they'll have for the rest of their life? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe they take, uh, you know, night school uh, or, you know, they, they work during the day. They take classes at night. Um, and so getting in front of uh, that generation that's coming out of high school involving guidance counselors and the parents mm-hmm. and talking about the. Uh, uh, you know, the the things that we can bring to the table as far as trade uh, along many different career paths. So I think that's, you know, getting out in the community and kind of discussing... Uh, that we're not, like I said earlier, not just digging trenches.
0: Well, it's such a hot topic at the moment. You're right on the money. Um, We have a show uh, that is hosted by the president and vice president of the Tucson Metropolitan Chamber, and that's called News from the Chamber. Mm -hmm. And the last few eps they've had, interesting people who are doing more towards creating work opportunities through trade and trying to get more people interested in trades again, too top-heavy with the uni business, even in Australia, they're walking the streets with degrees, mate. You know.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: So we need tradespeople. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. Triple A Landscape is an Underwood Brothers company. Uh, was started what four decades ago with an old borrowed pickup and <laughs> oh, <laughs> a thousand dollars cash. Oh boy, that was the brothers Jeff, yeah. Robert, and Richard Underwood. Yes, sir. Yeah, who started the company? Where were they? Where are they from?
1: Uh the the. Uh They were in Tucson for a time, and then they were in Holbrook. Okay. Um, And uh, then they came back down to Tucson and then started uh, AAA landscape here in Tucson in 1975. And uh, since then, they've uh, opened a branch in Phoenix. That's where our corporate office is. And uh, we've also, about uh, 10 years ago, we opened a branch in San Antonio.
0: When we talk about Tucson means business, local businesses giving the service, the attitude, and everything they can... To build good businesses in Tucson. You just mentioned your corporate office is Phoenix. Yes. How has that affected AAA down here?
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, Richard Underwood is a big U of A fan, and Bob is a ASU fan. So there's been a lot of ASU. ASU. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ASU. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's, that's, absolutely right. So, you know, uh, I, I've been with the company for 12 years, and uh, you know, there's been that camaraderie going back and forth uh, ever since. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, the camaraderie that we have with our other branches helps bring a lot to the table to all of us. Um, so. Uh, You know, never stop learning. We always are looking to uh, always keep learning. So we have hundreds and hundreds of years of experience in in our different offices that uh, we rely on. And and I think that's an added uh, positive for the branch of Tucson.
0: Well, the company's been built under a fairly strong passion, I believe. But when you read about them, uh, the father, uh, a county extension agent, uh, he raised uh, them to to care deeply about the land. Their father, you know, the three boys, Jeff, Robert, and Richard, their father was uh, very pro-land and how to keep it good. Mm. You know, uh, they applied their passion on behalf of their clients, and a new business was born. I guess if something comes from the heart as a passion, it's got more meaning to it, hasn't it?
1: Absolutely. Than yes, a lot of is. others,
0: which goes on from there. So 500 employees and officers in Phoenix, Tucson, and San Antonio. Is that right? Yes, sir. Are you expanding anymore? Yes.
1: Uh, you know, not at this time. I, I think we're, uh, you know, just coming out of uh, the recession. I think we've uh, uh, really, you know, gained a lot of speed. Uh, a year ago, we were uh, under, four, uh, under 400 employees, so now we're pushing 550. Hmm. Um, and, you know, each branch is relatively set up the same. We have a, a con- construction division, a maintenance division, enhancements division, which is a s- small construction division arbor care division and uh chemicals so right we have uh you know we're, we're doing a lot of things out there and and uh seeing a lot of work come in um and i, I think at this point uh, you know, we're always looking to somewhere find some sort of uh, unique acquisition, um, but at this point, I think we're 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 solid. And what are
0: um, we talking expansion? You mean
1: uh, acquisition? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think uh, you know looking to uh, you know acquire um, maybe other smaller companies um, in key market areas would be uh, would be something that uh, you know I think the ownership would look at.
0: Right. Okay. Now, uh, just one last thing I wanted to ask you here on this uh, reference to what you do in diversity. Uh, Don't you hold general engineering licenses as well for Arizona, California, and Nevada? Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Along with a Texas irrigators license. Okay. So, what does all that mean?
1: Well, it it, it means that we have done work in in California and we have done work in Nevada as far as on the construction side, um, that we can be a general contractor on any project. Um, We currently are not in California doing any work or Nevada at this point or Oklahoma, Um, but we do hold uh, general contractors licenses in those states and uh, if the opportunity arises that, uh, you know, we're set up to, to hit the ball.
0: Right. Well, you do have a pretty good reputation. When, when you you know, you read about you, uh, all different sorts of things, bob up, But you are known for uh, excellent working relationships with clients. You do know your product knowledge. Henceforth, you do all that training. But project delivery, I think, is an important thing. You're not over budget and you're on time.
1: Yeah. um, We, uh, you know, one of the things that I always talk about with our people are core values. Um, It's honesty and integrity and, um, you know. Showing up on time, you know, we still feel that uh, working here in Tucson, you know, is a handshake town. You know, you, you <laughs> shake somebody's hand, you look them in the eye and things still get done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of what you get from Robert and Richard. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know. As me rolling in and running a branch in Tucson, uh, I, I want to continue that uh, um, that theory that they have brought for the last forty four years mm-hmm. um, is you know have integrity and be honest and, and do what you say. Well, you do. You started with small stuff, half acre sites, and you still
0: do them. But I mean, you've done work up to three hundred acre sites.
1: Oh yeah, you know. yeah. We uh, we were uh, uh, shovels in the ground down in Sarita, you know, twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, Rancho Vistoso um, had a heavy hand in that here in Tucson. Um, and and many other areas in in town that uh, uh, we just got done working at the uh, University of Arizona practice field for the football team. So um, all sizes.
0: There you go. Triple A. So, Zach, I'd gather that uh, we touched on the right questions that you have to ask your clients. I mean, you're like a computer, aren't you? You're only going to get out what you put in.
3: Well, I think I'm a little bit better than a computer because
1: <laughs> hopefully you get out a little bit more than you put in. <laughs> I know you, Zach. I know you. That's exactly right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff and I were in uh, Greater Tucson Leadership together oh, okay. last year. All right. And my wife is in it this year. Well, what too. is that? Oh, Come well, on. Tell us all about yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's a great program. Yeah. Um, it is, I think it's run by the chamber. Yes, it is. And it is basically a way for professionals in the community to get connected to community issues, I think is probably the best way to describe it. Well, do you agree with that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, like we talked about, uh, uh, well, well, like what we went through is it's a government Um it's economy, healthcare, border, healthcare, yeah, criminal education. justice,
0: education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're all training you for politicians. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know about what that. What was that? No, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I'm right. not sure about that. Your
0: company has been conducting market research for clients since '99. StrongPoint Opinion Research is today a unit of NewPoint Marketing. Have I got that right?
3: Yes. Who's NewPoint? When they're home. So NewPoint was actually former, formerly uh, StrongPoint Marketing. So. Uh, mary Rowley, jim roley jan howard name drop a few people that you know mm-hmm. people may know here in the community um and we've been in the tucson market now you know since 99 um we know the market we know the handshake economy kind of feel to it mm-hmm. and so you know the strongest relationships that we build with clients or with people that we meet at you know events like this and so um the opinion research portion of it actually just got formed um, about two years ago, or actually just in this past year, because we acquired the Delaware uh, company that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and that became New Point Marketing, and then Strong Point Opinion Research is under that. And The reason we don't just keep it all you know, under one house is because we want to create a degree of separation between the research insights and the marketing and the public relations and digital and that kind of thing. Uh, and that's because, you know, research is such a valuable tool um, from an ob- objective standpoint. We want to make sure the insights are unbiased. You know, we want to make sure that you know, we're giving you the best information that you can possibly have so that you can use our, our marketing firm if you like. You can use our PR firm, but you can take those insights elsewhere as well because they can exist within a vacuum and be just as good, you know, anywhere else as they could be with us.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, can you tell us just uh, some of your ongoing clients? here in Tucson and maybe what you do 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 for them?
3: You know, all of our uh, data that we collect is proprietary, so I can't tell you all of our clients, but uh, one of the big projects that we're doing right now is actually with the Arizona Daily Star. Mm -hmm. So the Daily Star has something called the Community Poll. It's actually in the field right now. Am I allowed to plug it? Sure. all right so uh, until Friday uh, May 24th tomorrow you can participate in the poll uh, tomorrow of this recording and it is on economic development this month and you can reach it at tucson.com forward slash community poll and it's a monthly engagement with about 5,000 panel members here in southern Arizona anyone can join the panel and it's on community issues that are you know timely and, and relevant. So then we deliver that information to the Daily Star for free. They write a news article on it. And then we are compensated through sponsorships. um, That keeps it afloat for us. And so we're always looking for um, community-conscious organizations uh, that want to help to sponsor the poll to continue the conversation so that we can continue to provide this news content and engage the community in this this conversation so.
0: so so the daily star gets to feed off then what people give them to write about
3: oh pretty much yeah and it's once again it's good bad and ugly sometimes people <laughs> you know in april we had a roads and transportation poll and i'm sure you can only imagine how that went uh. <laughs> so <laughs> no comment <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah it's uh we try and uh. we try and ask
0: about Don't drive a Beamer in uh, Tucson, let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, unless you uh, want to take it to the shop. So um, you can't tell us, quite. but in a nutshell, what is market research?
3: Uh, Market research, I would say, is an unbiased collection of the opinions, views, and perceptions of a targeted audience for a specific goal. So, if that's a little bit academic, it's just because how my that's how my brain works. But it's the best way to collect information to mitigate risk and to make knowledgeable decisions. So
0: mm. oh, go. What do you think, Jeff? Yep.
3: Hello? <laughs> <Follow? laughs>
0: I think that sounds great. Yeah, uh, right. pretty Thanks. well on the
3: button, isn't it? Doing my best
0: here. All right. very good job. Very good job. Gee for a promotion. <laughs> it certainly sounds expensive to not follow, not follow yeah, the outcomes yeah, exactly. there. exactly. Very expensive. Yeah. Uh, you're with Tucson Means Business with your host, Mark Bishop. Uh, proud to be here on behalf of the 49ers Golf and Country Club and the famous Ring Hong Grill with Macca McKenzie, executive chef, wonderful staff, and pros, uh, golf and also lots of beautiful buildings for you to have functions, whether it's um, a bar mitzvah, a wedding, uh, whatever you've got going, a 21st birthday, check it out, lovely surrounds. The 49ers Golf and Country Club bringing you Tucson Means Business where we feature uh, wonderful local businesses in Tucson and what they're up to and how and why, all for our great city. And uh, that's what's important because uh, you never know. There's a lot going on in our city and a lot of positivity and a lot of good things. Let me talk about uh, Fed by Threads. Do you think um, Aloke that it shaped the work that you do right now? Uh,
2: absolutely. You know, all, all of my work, including Fed by Threads, has all been entrenched in how to uplift families and provide quality of life. I, I love you know, being a branch manager and having all these employees. Every one of those employees, they're, they're, they're commu- uh, contributing to their families. And Absolutely. that's, mm-hmm. you know, when we start looking at how do we create strong communities, how we straight create strong economies, it's by having strong job forces and people having employment sure. right? so they can then spend in their economies and beyond. So. Back
0: in the community, yeah, makes a lot of differences. So what challenges? Uh, what What challenges do you personally help entrepreneurs with? Sure, many entrepreneurs just frankly struggle
2: to close deals, right? they They may even be able to get into a sales conversation, uh, but frankly, they're passionate about whatever it is they create. But you know, selling and closing is <laughs> most people actually quite dislike that element. Um, and when I started looking under the hood of a lot of people's businesses, I realized, wow, like unlike you know every great athlete, they've got a coach. Right, every mm. great musician's training with someone. You talk to entrepreneurs; the notion is, I should learn how to do this myself. You <laughs> talk to business owners; they're often on an island, reading, you know, watching YouTube videos and right. reading books. Um, so well, wouldn't that mainly be there because they're trying to save a penny? They're trying right, and actually the cost, but in turn costing themselves. It actually costs them when I actually start asking them and doing research. I start doing diagnostics, right? Like, how many deals have you lost in the last year because you just couldn't quite close? And they start racking it up, and it's it's six to seven figure problems right. they're already experiencing. <laughs> so they're like, you know, cringing if they're going to have to pay me, let's say five to ten thousand, right? And I'm like, well, it's going to cost you way more Damn, than not I was hoping hire be me. Be cheaper than that, <laughs> He's gone now. <laughs> He's gone now. He it. Too much for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> so why should an entrepreneur
0: hire a coach? Then? Hello, it's me.
2: simply, you know, it's not that they're not going to learn how to do what they got to do. It's simply they're going to go further faster. Right. And they're going to waste less time. They're going to make fewer, fewer mistakes and they're going to scale quicker. OK, so why are you on a mission
0: to end Financial fear
2: in families. Then about eighty-five percent of families face financial fear throughout somewhere in their life, and that's regardless of income level, right? So I have clients that run uh, eight-figure companies, and they're nervous about well, we just made a huge seven-figure investment into equipment, and I'm under a ton of you know debt load in the company, and you know that starts playing out in their family lives because they're coming home totally stressed because of mm-hmm. uh, financial issues. So you know, the more and more I looked at how financial issues and financial stress in families affects marriages. It affects how they are as parents. I mean, it really st- uh, stems out into their uh, rest of their lives. I was like, well, I'm going to start there and start saying, can we ramp up revenue? Can we help people start closing more deals and increasing so they
0: can hire more? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, why do you believe so deeply in the power of entrepreneurship to make the world a better place, do you think? Well, we, we see places
2: where entrepreneurship creates jobs, communities get better, crime rates go down, schools get better. Right, so many things start improving, uh, in when we see entrepreneurs thrive, so I truly believe. You know more so than maybe I'm not going to get into the politics of, mm-hmm. you know, government or whatnot. But I truly believe in the power of entrepreneurs to create quality lives for people.
0: Well, let's face it. Um, I forget the exact number right now, but small businesses in America, uh, we keep the ship afloat, don't you think? Mm-hmm. We are the driving force. are <laughs> the driving force. I know big corporations. Uh, have the money but uh, Jeff in your world what are some of the current issues that you're dealing with in your industry?
3: Yeah I,
1: I, I think it's uh, you know that, that workforce development issue I think that's the biggest thing and uh, um, you know we, we talk about uh, like I said always trying to Make sure that our current employees are staying with us, and and we're mentoring them. But as far as I'm concerned, workforce development is the number one issue. Um, and within the first thirty days of someone coming on, is uh, um, usually where they're turned over. Um, wow. So it, it, maybe it's a maybe it's they are looking at uh, something that they didn't. They thought something different when they came on board. Um, you know. Uh, but it, it builds a lot of character if you got to go out there and put ten tons of, of granite down and, and shovel it in eight hours. Uh-huh. Is there
2: like a day sixty bonus?
1: We we do a ninety day, a ninety day, yep, yep, a yep. ninety day um, bonus. It, it can be sixty. Uh, it depends on how they perform. I mean, I look at it as a uh, uh, that that 60, 90 days is their job interview, right? Um, and I think the you know looking at the soft skills on the side of things on right. uh, you know making sure that uh, these guys understand how to get up every day, how to dress, how to how to wear their uniform right. correctly, hygiene. Um. Uh, th- those are some big things, and and uh, uh, it's unfortunate a lot of times that some of these um, these younger kids that are coming in aren't necessarily uh, privy to all that. So, the, the soft skills on that side of, uh, of 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 training and mentoring is a big issue.
0: Well, what are some of the educational skills? What are some of the trade skills you teach them?
1: Uh, well, it, it's uh, proper pruning techniques. And, uh, you know, it depends on where they go. We kind of, when we have a, somebody come in, we ask them, you know, most everybody says I've done a little bit of yard work. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, but what do you like to do? You know, because we have a wide variety right. of, uh, of careers. So, you know, we, we kind of pin, pinpoint where they're, w- what they're looking at. So, you know, if they want to climb trees, we push them to get their arborist uh, certification mm-hmm. and their tree climber certifications. Um, you know, if they want to be, uh, you know. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome and, to. Trouble. Like, do you like climbing trees? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, I like trying climbing trees when I was a kid.
0: So, um, I just had advantage. Right?
1: You know, you got to look for those guys that are a little bit younger and a little more nimble than uh, say, <laughs> right. you know myself.
0: So a seventy year old wouldn't have much chance.
1: Well, uh, probably know. not. No, not unless it was a bucket truck. <laughs>
0: well, do you teach them equipment? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we do all kinds of uh, uh, training with the, the guys. We do. We actually have a what we call a new hire training class. So it's an eight hour class. Um, we, we hire, uh, entry level positions to come in, um, and uh after after a month or two if they're uh if they're still with us <laughs> um we put them through an eight-hour training course um and we have our own educator so he, he comes in he comes to tucson and he goes to phoenix mm-hmm. um and once a month he'll have a new hire uh, training course it gives them the kind of the basics of landscaping cool you know this is a shovel right. this is a lopper <laughs> you know uh and and these are some and, and some proper uh pruning techniques mm-hmm. it's not down you know uh, as far as getting the the certified landscape professional certification but uh um, so we give them. A, we, we try to give them all the tools you know to succeed um, when they come in as entry level position. So
0: I'm driving down the street. I see somebody on the left's house being done. Somebody on the right further down. I see a nature strip being done. All these guys are dressed differently. They're this or that. Why should I hire AAA?
1: Well, I, I think that uh, in one sentence, we're, we're a family and we work well together and uh, we look out for each other. And, you know, we, uh, I, I think that comes from the ownership. Uh, it's a family atmosphere. And you get on, you work with us, and, and you prove to yourself, mm-hmm. you have a long career with us.
0: That's a good thing. Zach, who needs market research? Everybody.
3: Next question.
1: So,
0: so use um, <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. Next question. Why not use <laughs> SurveyMonkey? Just do it yourself.
3: That's... Uh Therein lies the the crux of the issue with the way that market research has been going lately. Um, I think that the democratization of data um, has led a lot of companies to try and do it in-house. But the comparison that I make is like doing your own major construction work. You know, imagine if you laid your own foundation and you built your own walls and you insulated it and you thought you did everything by the book but you didn't have a contractor come in and look at it, and you didn't have a building inspector to come in and look at it, and then six months, a year down the road, you get a crack in your foundation, or you have an electrical electrical malfunction. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that um, there are organizations that do what they think is quality research, and then they realize that they've been woefully ill-informed when it's already too late.
0: So, what makes good research? I mean, how do you evaluate it?
3: So, I think what makes good research is, first of all, that it's unbiased, uh, which is really difficult for an individual to do that's already within a a given organization. It's really hard to step out of that role that you have or that view that you have of a place you're already at and say, objectively, what are the things that we need to know? Um, But I think a great way to evaluate it is with... um, kind of what are what are the ways in which you feel confident moving forward once you have that final research report in your hand okay you know if you have that research report in your hand and you can't make heads or tails of it and they're telling (laughs) you to go three different directions at once then Mm -hmm. that's not good research Mm -hmm. but if you get that research report in your hand and it tells a story and you can easily understand what the next steps are i think that you can feel pretty good that you've got something that's worth it.
0: Okay. So, uh, look, from your angle now as a coach, I mean, he's talking like, you know, to me, you can't really do anything without it if you want to do something properly. So, in market research, I mean, is it an option for small businesses?
2: Well, I think everybody's trying to take a thumb on the pulse somehow, right? And. And I think uh, the work that Zach's firm is doing is is absolutely vital. And, you know, I imagine you know, the, the budget might be a little out of reach for some of the smaller, but everyone's trying to take some thumb on the pulse okay. um, to understand. Right. Because, you know, if you're bringing a product to market that people don't want to buy.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You, you got a real problem.
3: Well, in, in something that we're uh, offering now or that we're exploring more and more is just kind of the um, outsourcing of data analysis Mm -hmm. i guess is an easy way to say it so think about the role of like an it professional back in maybe the late 90s or early 2000s that was somebody that was in-house that was getting paid thirty-eight thousand dollars a year to go upstairs and turn somebody's computer on and off three times a day well now companies are realizing you don't have to get somebody full-time to do that for you you can contract with an it organization that comes in once a week, once a month, whenever Mm -hmm. you have issues. Well, that's the kind of service that we want to start offering to small businesses here in the southern Arizona area so that we can provide high-quality data analysis that is accessible for small companies when they need it. And so...
0: How, How can small companies utilize big data?
3: Well, you know... I think that that's a great question for the individuals within the organization that know how data is collected. So there's all kinds of different things. Like there's website traffic, there's social media mm. chatter, there's you know transactional data. That is all information that you can use in an analytical setting to provide real insights into the knowledge of your institution. So it comes mm. to, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's. I mean for landscaping organizations for entrepreneurs you know we're amassing this this data and I think that that's why we call it the information age instead of the insights age okay which really that's what it should be
0: right so why strong point you so, know, uh, opinion research.
3: I mean, there are others. There are. There are others. But I think I touched on, you know, the main reasons kind of throughout the course of this conversation. And so I'll, I'll wrap them up nicely. Um, number one, all of our clients are our partners. You know, we're a small business just like you. And mm-hmm. we. Want to truly invest in understanding what the most valuable insights are for you, and nothing more, and nothing less. Mm-hmm. But also, we're here to work with you. You know, we're not going to give you a twenty thousand dollar project that you can't afford, and say, you know what, take it or leave it. We got more important things to do. You know, we are invested in the community. We've been here a while. We know how hard it is to survive the summers as a business in in Southern Arizona, and so we want to make sure that we're providing uh, as much value as possible. And then, if you have great You know, research experience with us, Mm -hmm. we have marketing in-house, we have public relations in-house, we have digital media in-house, that you can get everything as a one-stop shop.
0: Hmm. Your URL is Mm strongpointresearch.com. People can look you up there. Just share with me here in closing, if you wouldn't mind, your other uh, uh, social uh, media contact points that you'd like.
3: Um. I think LinkedIn is probably the other good one to find me on. And then we are actually exploring. Um, That's
0: the LinkedIn.com slash Zachary dash got Okay. The- All these will be uh, published as well on this episode of Tucson Means Business. So people can find them and look them up anyway. Thank you. And of course, FacePoint and so on and doing that. Um, with you, Jeffrey, coming back the other way, your organizational website is uh, AAAlandscape.com. Yep, And uh, your URL, well, there's all of that there. So you've got one, two, three, four, five. They'll all be there published as well, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing worse than trying to read all this type of stuff out. You're not going to write it down anyway. (laughs) Thank you. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it will be there for you. Uh, Clear black and print, and my publisher, Sam, puts it all up for you, and it's beautifully done. Now, I just want to ask you uh, one last question, Jeff. Where do you see the landscape industry headed in the next five years?
1: Well, you know, it's – a lot of robotics uh drones um, oh interesting we, yeah you know we, we're looking at uh you know some marketing things with drones um looking at communities you know from uh, the drones view uh we can also look at uh, tree health um uh we can actually map out uh, num- uh quantif- quantifications as far as acreages look for uh stressing areas on the, on turf areas. Um, okay. So drones, uh, we, we have been looking at, uh, uh robotics. I know one thing that's really, uh, we've been pushing at AAA is the battery operated equipment, um, up until the past, uh, you know, a few years, uh, that the battery life just wasn't, wasn't handling it. Um, but it it's, you know, we're also trying to uh, be stewards of the earth and re- remove the carbon monoxides and the fuel and the, right. and the, and the two-cycle mix and, and get it away from all that. So Conscious with, cleanliness, my favorite. Yeah, 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 with the technology coming along with the uh, battery-operated equipment, they become lighter, they last longer. Okay. Um, that's that's, a, that's a, some of the things that I see definitely coming down the pike.
0: And what's your favorite part of your industry, would you say?
1: Well, I got in it because I love being outside um you're an outdoor man yeah yeah i look like working my hands and you know uh i'm not out there anymore because i'd melt um but uh, i did uh, put my time in there um and i you know and i and i coming from the field i understand what the guys go through every day um so i I know exactly where they're coming from
0: well it's uh interesting to say the least but i think it's a wonderful trade you could travel anywhere in the world if you know what you're doing in your industry Mm -hmm. you know what success is um Could you let anything out in Tucson look, Can you uh, share anything at all with clients here, or do you want to not mention their names or anything? Sure, yeah. I'm I'm having
2: uh, Lindsay Tomei, as I mentioned, with Tomei Advertising. She's doing phenomenal. I'm working with Seth Pepper. He's a high-performance coach for CEOs. I work with Kate's Magic, which has been here 16 years. It's an essential oil company downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, and then my clients are all over the world. They're across the United States and Australia, India, Europe, and beyond. You do, in Aussie too, huh? I have an Aussie, yeah. Marco Tessi, he's amazing. Really? He's actually what? an Italian, but he's based
0: okay. in Sydney. Based in Sydney. Yeah, oh, he's, right. he's a breath and movement coach. And a, br- a breath and movement, that sounds <laughs> unique, doesn't <That's> it? <laughs> yeah. So many coaches today out there. But I tell you what, I, I have a respect now that I never had before. Uh, uh, why people need coaches, you know um, It's not a fallacy. It's a real thing in business today. It's like your right arm, I guess I know guys who get up at four and five in the morning and take calls from coaches across the country and sit around Yeah, and I try to blend coaching and consulting,
2: right? So coaching is kind of a lot of question asking and then consulting is what are your next steps and strategy to actually scale?
0: mm mm-hmm. Your website is www.alok.life life. And there's all this other jazz as well, which is going to be going on. but can do it. One last question. Why is your son, do you think, such a motivating factor in your life? Yeah,
2: his birth just completely transformed my entire life. And, and it sort of hits that DNA level where you, you become a, a ferocious pro- provider. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if that happens for everyone. I don't know if that happened for you, Jeff. But uh, it, just, it just transformed and, and uh, motivated me to want to touch lives around the world. Unbelievable.
0: are oh, you're very honest and I appreciate that. You've all been terrific guests. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. know, Zachary J. Bickle. Um, he's with Strong Point Research. He's the research director. And should you be thinking that, gee, I wonder if my thing would an invention would ever sell anyway, who'd want it? Strong point opinion research. And do you do you do those wonderful things in a room where people look at products and say and they vote on it and all of that? Focus point, isn't it?
3: Focus groups, yeah. Focus groups, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. They're funny. They can be funny.
3: They're very funny. <laughs>
0: Good on you, Zach. Fantastic. And uh, Jeff Hatfield, he's the uh, uh, manager for Tucson, or the Tucson branch manager for AAA Landscape, the company that's been around for a long time, and he shared with us what's going on in that world these days. Thanks, Jeff, for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, of course, Alok Apadure. One question, new issue, and we'll close. If you were to go back now and start all over again, what would you change career-wise, or that you didn't do, that you think you should have done earlier? And I'll start with you, Jeff. There you go.
1: I would say probably nothing. I think uh, uh, you know, I believe in uh, we make we make our own decisions, and it sets us on the, the path that we're on. And um, I'm very happy with where I'm at, and uh, I I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a thing.
3: All right, Jeff Hatfield and uh, Zach Zach Bickle. Um, I think I would have created more exposure through social media and through uh, avenues such as this. So, no better time than the present.
0: OK. That's good.
2: That's good. And for you, my friend? Uh, I would have shed ego and embarrassment early on and gained access to high-level mentors who could have really
0: accelerated my own growth earlier in my career. And your last bit of advice to anybody listening as a young entrepreneur, what would you suggest now?
2: Don't stay on the entrepreneurial island. Make sure you are surrounded by high-level mentors who can drive you. And for you, Jeff,
0: your advice?
1: On uh, just a career?
0: On being young and maybe not sure what to do and maybe, you know, do I work outside? Do I work indoors? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think, uh, you know, if uh, you're not going to go to, you know,
3: a four-year school, then uh, um, learn a trade. Very good idea. And Zach? The best decisions are informed decisions. <laughs> Strong point opinion research. <laughs>
0: Thank you, gentlemen. Fabulous Tucson Business Radio with Tucson Means Business, broadcasting live from our studio, which is situated in the Stewart Title Building and their corporate offices on uh, the boulevard uh, here on uh, Broadway Boulevard in Tucson. And it's been great having you.